What is up, everybody? It's JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode of the JT Sports Podcast, we're going to be diving into some of the week one matchups, such as the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Houston Texans, the New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills, and the Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to be breaking down those games, giving my preview, giving my analysis, giving my final prediction on who's going to win those games. And I got more of these to come. I'm going to be doing these all season we're gonna be trying to cover all 16 games so make sure that if you guys are listening to this on apple and spotify that you go ahead and give this podcast a five-star review make sure that you guys go ahead and share with your friends family acquaintances co-workers whoever and if you haven't already subscribe to my youtube channel which is jt sports on youtube and also make sure to follow me on my social media pages as well my instagram and my twitter is both jt sports underscore The Chicago Bears are going to be traveling on the road to face the Detroit Lions week one. And this is a really important game for both these two teams. And I understand that every game in the NFL is important. But with this being a divisional matchup week one, this is a really big game for both of these two teams. Because teams that make it to the playoffs most of the time are able to win the games in their division. And when you have two coaches who are presumably on the hot seat and Matt Nagy and Matt Patricia, winning this game not only gives their team a momentum and a confidence boost heading into week two because you start out 1-0, but you also start out 1-0 in this division. And making it to the playoffs most of the time has teams that win the games in their division. So when you look at the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky has been announced the starter. And a lot of Bears fans have a lot of confidence in Trubisky going into this game because he has been pretty good against the Detroit Lions historically. But here's the thing with that. Although Mitch Trubisky has had success against this Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia defense in the past, this is a new season. And this is probably the best defense that the Detroit Lions have put on the field in a very long time. So although Trubisky has been good against the Lions In the past, he hasn't faced this Detroit Lions defense with the talent that they have right now in this roster. You got Desmond Trufant, who they brought in the free agency from Atlanta. He's not a leader or anything like that, but he is a good cornerback. You also got Jeff Okuda, who you drafted in this past year's NFL draft in the first round out of Ohio State. You also got Emmanuel Ruye and Justin Coleman. You also got a pretty good safety tandem with Tracy Walker and Deron Harmon. So Mitchell Trubisky is going to be facing a really good Detroit Lions secondary that he has never faced against. And for the Detroit Lions, you're going to be facing against Mitchell Trubisky. And although Mitchell Trubisky hasn't been great in the past, he has been really good against your defense. And I know that Mitchell Trubisky hasn't been the greatest quarterback, But we don't really know what to expect from him. Because for all we know, Trubisky could come on and flip the switch and be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Or he could just be, you know, not so great like he has been in the past. So I know it's easy to assume that Trubisky isn't going to be good based on how he's performed the last couple of seasons. But we don't really know how good he's actually going to be heading into the season. We're under the assumption that Trubisky is the same quarterback that he was last season. And he may not be that. He may be better. He may have developed 
and became a really good quarterback. We don't know that. So it is a lot of unknowns in this game. We don't know how great Mitchell Trubisky is going to be this season, and we don't know how good he's going to perform against this improved defense of the Detroit Lions. Now, Devin Montgomery, we don't really know the status of him being able to play in this game. And for the Chicago Bears to win this game, Devin Montgomery is going to have to play. It doesn't matter if he's 100% or 6%. He has to play in this game because he is going to be a big part of this Chicago Bears offense because the Chicago Bears weren't all that great running the football last year. And I know it's easy to put all the blame on Mr. Trubisky, but the Bears not having a good rushing attack was a big disadvantage towards his offense because at sometimes they got too one-dimensional. And also, you got off the line that wasn't all that great neither. So, Devin Montgomery has to play in this game. It doesn't matter if he's 6% or 100%. And if the Chicago Bears want to win this game, they're going to have to be able to have success running the football. Last year, they weren't able to establish the run game all that much. And it was a big reason why they went 8-8 eight and eight and missed the playoffs. And if you're the Detroit Lions... You got to be able to stop the run game for Chicago and force Mr. Trubisky to beat you throwing the football. And I know that may sound crazy to say because you may be like, oh, JT, you just said early on in this video, Trubisky has been really good against this Detroit Lions defense. And all that that is true, the strength of this Detroit Lions defense this season, without a doubt, is their secondary. The Detroit Lions defense, how good is it going to be is all dependent on how good the secondary is. Because Matt Patricia comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree. He has constructed this defense to what he had when he was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots in the past, which has been their secondary. The strength of the New England Patriots defense has always been their secondary. So if Detroit's defense is able to stop the run, the Chicago Bears are going to be playing towards their strength, which is their ability to stop the pass. Now for the Bears... Their off the line is also a little bit shaky as well. And you're going to be facing the Detroit Lions defensive line that has to prove themselves this season because last year they weren't all that great getting pressure on the quarterback. So the Chicago Bears off the line, they're going to be tested against the Detroit Lions defensive line that has a lot of depth. Last year, something that plagued the Detroit Lions was their lack of a pass rush. And a big reason why they weren't able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback was because a lot of guys got fatigued. They weren't able to keep guys fresh. Now this season, they got a lot of depth. You got Romeo Okura. You also got his brother as well, Julian Okura. You got Danny Shelton, Trey Flowers, and Deshaun Hand. So you got a lot of talent and a lot of depth on the defensive line, something that you didn't have last season. Now we got to talk about the matchup between this Chicago Bears defense Versus this Detroit Lions offense. Now this Detroit Lions offense. When Matthew Stafford was playing. When he was fully healthy before he got injured. Was a top 10 offense. Now with him coming back. I believe this offense. Now that they have a good trio of halfbacks. They just signed Adrian Peterson. You draft Sonya Michelle. You still got Kerryon Johnson. It should be no reason why the Detroit Lions. Should not be able to run the football this year. Now, I know it's going to be easy to overly rely on Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford played like an MVP candidate before his injury last year, but Detroit has to be able to run the football as well. But the difference between this Chicago Bears offense and this Detroit Lions offense is simply for the fact that the Detroit Lions can win games strictly on Matthew Stafford throwing the football. If you're the Chicago Bears, if you need Mr. Biscay 
to throw the football 30, 40 times to win the game, you're SOL. You're not going to have a lot of success doing that. So running the football is more important for the Chicago Bears than it is for the Detroit Lions because the Detroit Lions don't necessarily have to rush for 100 yards to win this game because they have a great quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And when you look at Matthew Stafford and you're looking at this Detroit Lions offense, you're going to be matched up against a rookie cornerback and Jalen Johnson. Now, Jalen Johnson is expected to be the second best cornerback or the second cornerback on this depth chart for the Bears. So if you're Daryl Bevel and you're Matt Patricia, you're looking at that rookie Jalen Johnson. And if I'm Matthew Stafford, I'm Daryl Bevel, I'm testing him right out the gates early. I'm trying to get him in as many one-on-one matchups as possible. Because you have one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL with Kenny Galladay, who somehow, some way, didn't make it into the NFL Top 100. And you got Marvin Jones. So if you're Detroit, you got to take advantage of Jalen Johnson. You got to see how good Jalen Johnson really is. And if you're the Chicago Bears defense, you got to be able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. Now, you got Robert Quinn and you got Khalil Mack, which I believe is one of the best pass rushing duos in the NFL. The Bears also have a really good defensive line on the interior, and they still have a pretty good secondary, although I do have a little bit of concerns at their safety position. But other than that, this is a really good team on defense. And this this Chicago Bears defense is going to be matched up against this Detroit Lions offense. We're going to be facing, we're going to be seeing a top 10 offense versus a top 10 defense. So the team that I'm going to be taking to win this game I'm going to take the Detroit Lions to win this game because I have faith in this Detroit Lions defense. Although I have been heavily critical on Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions this past offseason, I do think they have the talent and the pieces set in place to beat the Chicago Bears because I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to be able to run the ball successfully. And I don't think that Mitch Trubisky is going to be able to dominate this Detroit Lions defense like he has been in the past with the improvements and the acquisitions that they made this past offseason. So I think that this game will be close, but I'm going to take the Detroit Lions to win this game 20-13. to 13. Now, Detroit's um, offense, I don't think it's going to come out the gate just destroying and throwing bombs on this Chicago Bears defense. I think this Chicago Bears defense is going to be able to keep this Lions offense at bay, but I do think late in the fourth quarter, I think Detroit's going to be able to score, and I don't think Chicago's offense is going to be able to do all that much because I don't think that Devin Montgomery, regardless of what the reports are going to say, I don't believe that he's fully 100%. And because of that, I don't think that the... Bears are going to have a lot of success running the football. And if the Chicago Bears can't have success running the football, I don't think they have a really good chance winning this game. So I'm taking Detroit to win this matchup. So in another divisional matchup, we have the New York Jays taking on the Buffalo Bills, going on the road to face Buffalo. And to be honest with you guys, I know a lot of Jets fans are probably going to get upset about what I'm about to say, but... I have a lot of concerns about the New York Jets going into this game. And I'm just being real and I'm being honest. No bias or anything like that. Because I haven't heard a lot of good things about the New York Jets coming out of training camp. I heard that their training camp wasn't all that great. I heard that in some practices, the second team offense outperformed the first team offense. And that the first team defense got scored on by the second team offense. Then I had questions about this wide receiver position. 
how good is this wide receiver position going to be? Because his wide receiver core is already pretty much one of the worst in the NFL. And on top of that, you're facing one of the best secondaries in the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, this wide receiver core, I'm looking for them to prove me wrong. Because they got a really tough test ahead of them this week in this matchup against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, you got Jordan Poirier, you got Michael Hyde, you got cornerbacks Levi Wallace, Sir Davis White, Josh Norman. And you're looking at this receiving core with your best wide receiver is pretty much Jamison Crowder. You got Rashard Perryman and Denzel Mims. So, I mean, how are these guys going to face against one of the best secondaries in the NFL? And then this defense for the New York Jets. I mean, how's this defense going to look? Because you're missing two of your best players on the defense. You lost Jamal Adams, who not only was probably the the best guy that you got on your defense last year at being able to get pressure on the quarterback, but he was your best defensive back and your best tackler. You lose him. C.J. Mosley, who a lot of New York Jets fans were banking on coming back this season, he's not playing this year. So, I mean, here's the thing with this game. I think we're going to find out more about the New York Jets than we are the Buffalo Bills. The New York Jets are even going to are either going to prove that everything that went on throughout training camp was right or that everything that went on throughout training camp was just, you know, smoke and mirrors and overreactions. So we're going to find out a lot about this New York Jets team. And when you look at the Buffalo Bills, this is a Buffalo Bills team that has no easy outing. This is a Buffalo Bills team that should be considered in that dark horse Super Bowl discussion. Especially now that they added Stephon Diggs. You're going to have Stephon Diggs on one side. You're going to have John Brown on the opposite side. And John Brown last year was the Buffalo Bills number one wide receiver. And he wasn't all that bad. He was really, I think he actually outperformed my expectations. So even if Stephon Diggs never got traded to Buffalo, I would still have a lot of faith in this receiving core. And I think that this receiving core could do a lot of damage to this New York Jets secondary. I mean, I don't think this New York Jets secondary is good. I don't know if a lot of you guys watching this feel the same way I do or listening to this. And if you are listening to this on YouTube, make sure that you guys go ahead and check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel, you can also listen to the audio version as well on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure that you also go ahead and leave a five-star review on the podcast. And if you're listening to this on the audio platform, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, JT Sports. But I mean, with the Buffalo Bills, I think that the Buffalo Bills are a really good team. This defense could give the New York Jets a lot of problems in this game. Because like I said, I don't really trust his wide receiver position. Haven't really heard a lot of great things about it. I heard Adam Gates said that Jamison Crowder should have at least 90 receptions this season. But I mean, this team for the New York Jets concerns me. I'm really concerned about this game because let's face it. If the New York Jets cannot have a successful run game in this game, it is going to be a long afternoon. A really long afternoon. Because I don't care how good Sam Donald is, he can only do so much. I don't really have a lot of faith in these wide receivers for the New York Jets that they're going to be able to create enough separation and enough room for, you know, Sam Donald to be able to make some throws. So, I mean, look, if you're the New York Jets, what's your recipe for success in this game is, 
is that you got to be able to run the football. You got to be able to run the football with Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell, and you got to be able to pound that rock. Because if this game comes down to, you know, winning the game by throwing the football, I don't think that benefits the New York Jets, especially when you look at how this team is equipped. They just don't have enough. Now, the offensive line, you know, the offensive line should be a slight bit better because of the addition of rookie Makai Becton. But, I mean, I don't really think that this is a fair matchup for the New York Jets. I don't think they match up well against the Buffalo Bills. I just think that I have to take the Buffalo Bills to win this game. And not because the Buffalo Bills are just an all-around better team, but I just think that Sean McDermott his coaching staff is going to expose the weaknesses and the concerns about the New York Jets. And those same concerns that we had about the New York Jets in training camp could be on full display in this game. And if you're a New York Jets fan, man, like, I know you're confident about your team. I know everybody around this time is excited. Everybody thinks that their team has a chance of winning the Super Bowl. But if you're a New York Jets fan, listen, I know it's week one. I know it's early. I know this is maybe a little bit of a bold statement. But this game right here could foreshadow what is in store for the New York Jets this season. If they come out here and they get blowed out and they struggle to move the ball down the field in this Buffalo Bills defense and these wide receivers can't create separation, this may be a long year, a very long year. And for the Buffalo Bills, if you're Josh Allen, you're sitting here, you're licking your chops. Because the defense for the New York Jets isn't great and it's not good. They lost two of their best players from last season. You still got Quentin Williams. I think the defensive line is pretty solid. That's one thing that I will get the New York Jets credit for. But overall, I got to take the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills win this game pretty convincingly. I think they win this game 31-17. to Because I just have too many question marks about the New York Jets in this game. And the New York Jets win this game, and they, you know, win it, and they prove me wrong. All props to you, you know, because what I want to see is I don't really know what to believe the New York Jets because it's just so much dysfunctionality in this organization that's taken place this past offseason. Training camp, the offense getting outshined by the second team offense, the first team defense getting scored on by the second team offense. You know, you had disgruntled stars. You had Jamar Adams saying that Adam Gates isn't the coach for the New York Jets to lead them to the playoffs. You got Le'Veon Bell reportedly having some kind of tension with Adam Gates, the way he's been utilized in training camp so far. So, I mean, we are about to see if everything that's been said about the New York Jets throughout training camp has been true or it's just been overreactions. I would like to think that it is overreaction, but I don't know because this is a really good Buffalo Bills team. And if this New York Jets team isn't ready come week one, they're going to get smacked in the mouth, and they're going to get embarrassed. And that's not me being biased. That's not me trying to, you know, be funny or trying to be cool on the New York Jets. That's just me being honest and being blunt. The New York Jets have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns that are going to be, you know, answered in this game versus the Buffalo Bills. They're either going to be better than what we were leading to believe coming out of training camp, are they going to be just as bad as we thought they were coming out of training camp? For the last game that I wanted to talk about on this episode of the podcast, it's the Houston Texans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. 
The last time we saw these two teams match up, the Texans were up 24-0. And then after that, Kansas City just absolutely exploded on offense. And Houston had no answer. And in this game, the first thing I want to see is how good is this Houston Texans defense going to be? Because this Houston Texans defense last year wasn't good at all. They were 29th against the pass. They were 24th in the NFL when it comes to stopping the run. On top of that, they lost their best run defender and defensive tackle DJ Reader, who now plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm looking at the Houston Texans, and I'm looking at this Kansas City Chiefs offense. If the Houston Texans want to win this game, they're going to have to stop Kansas City's offense. And when I say stop Kansas City Chiefs offense, I say that they got to keep Kansas City from at least scoring 30 points. I think that's pretty reasonable. Don't you guys think? I'm not saying that the Houston Texans defense needs to come out here and they need to play like world beaters and they need to stop Kansas City from scoring 20 points and they have to completely shut out this Kansas City Chiefs offense because I know that's not really logical and I know that's not really realistic because when you look at this Kansas City Chiefs offense, it's just so many weapons that you got to worry about. You got to worry about Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hartman, Travis Kelsey. Then you got Clyde Eris-Hilaire, who a lot of people have really been excited about. That's all I've been able to read about throughout Kansas City Chiefs training camp is Clyde Eris-Hilaire. Like, it's been really hard to find some legitimate information about the Kansas City Chiefs and what's going on without, you know, seeing a bunch of articles talking about Clyde Eris-Hilaire. So it is a lot of weapons on this offense. On top of that, you got Patrick Mahomes, and you got Andy Reid, and you got Eric Bellinelli. So, I mean... The Kansas City Chiefs have a lot of weapons that you got to stop. And me asking the Houston Texans to come out here and, you know, asking them to have an all-world performance is unrealistic. But what is realistic is if the Houston Texans can keep this game within reach and keep Kansas City from scoring 30 points, I think they could have a pretty good shot of winning this game because this is week one. And with week one having a limited amount of practice time and training camp and not having no preseason, a lot of these teams could be rusty. So Kansas City could come out a little bit slow or Houston could come out a little bit slow. So I think that it's really important that Houston's defense holds Kansas City to less than 30 points, at least 28 or 29 points at max. Because if they're able to do that, I think Houston's in a pretty good spot because Houston, despite the fact that they lost DeAndre Hopkins, I still think that they have a pretty good offense. Like a lot of people keep saying that Houston is going to be the worst team in the NFL because they lost DeAndre Hopkins. Listen, you don't need to have a lead wide receiver to win in the NFL. Like Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl a couple of years back with his best wide receiver being Ted Ginn Jr. So, I mean, that just proves that, you know, you don't need to have a great wide receiver to be a good team. You just need to have an okay group of wide receivers that are able to get open. And the Texans have that. You got Brandon because you got Will Fuller. Now, although both of those guys are, you know, injury prone and you can't really rely on those guys to stay healthy, those guys are healthy going into this game. And that's really all what matters, what happens this week. So you got Will Fuller. When Will Fuller is on the field, I think he is a Pro Bowl caliber talent. Then you got Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, for the last couple of seasons that he's been in the NFL, has consistently had 1,000 yards or more. So as long as he's able to stay healthy, he's going to be a pretty good fit in this offense. And I think that he could cause a little bit of some chaos 
with the Texans this season, especially in this game, because Kansas City's defense, you know, they came on strong in the playoffs, but I still have my concerns. Like, I'm still not so, like, Kansas City, in my opinion, they will never have, like, a top 10 or a top 5 defense. They will always somewhere be between top 15 or maybe top 20. But they don't really need that because nobody can really outscore them. So you look at Houston's offense, I think Houston has the ability to keep up with Kansas City Toe for toe, pound for pound, touchdown for touchdown, you know, as long as Houston's off the line is able to hold up. Now, my guy, 713 Houston Sports, has been really high on this Houston Texans offense. In fact, a lot of Texans fans have been telling me that this off the line is going to end up being a top 10 offense unit. You got Titus Howard, Lormy Thompson at the two off the tackle positions. You got Matt Scarpling. You got Zach Fulton at the off the guard position. So, I mean, look. The Houston Texans get to prove how good they're off the line is in this game because you're facing a pretty formidable um, defensive line. You got to face um, Chris Jones. You got to face Frank Clark. So, I mean, this is a really good defensive line that the Kansas City Chiefs have. So, how good is off the line for the Houston Texans is going to be this season? We're going to get a little bit of a preview in this game here. Now, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are going to be the two Biggest storylines to watch going into this game because, you know, they're two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So a lot of people are really going to be talking about these two guys a lot in this game. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes, what makes Patrick Mahomes different from Deshaun Watson is the fact that he has the strongest arm in the NFL. He is an incredible playmaker. He's able to throw the ball from all kinds of different platforms, all kinds of different angles. When you look at Deshaun Watson, this is a guy who is incredibly tough. He's gritty. And he just makes plays, man. I, I mean, like... For me to give a good example of Deshaun Watson, I can't really sum up Deshaun Watson words. Like, all I have to do is tell you, go back and watch that play that he made that helped the Buffalo Bills lose to them in the wild card of the playoffs when he basically broke two um, blitzing linebackers that basically came unblocked. He broke two of those tackles and ended up, you know, still making able to, you know, make something out of nothing and putting the Houston Texans in position to win that game. So, I mean... Deshaun Watson, man, all I really can call him is just a playmaker. Like, all he does is just make plays. He's basically Houdini back there. So, the two quarterbacks are going to be the two biggest um, attractions to this game. Now, I want to see what David Johnson does for the Houston Texans. Now, David Johnson didn't really work out in Arizona ever since he got that big contract, ever since his all-pro breakout season a couple of years back. And I ultimately feel like Houston is a really good place for him because Houston can use him in a variety of, you know, different situations. Like, not only is he a solid running back when he's healthy, but also he's a really good pass catcher as well. And at one point, people were making the argument of who was better, Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson, because they both have the similar skill sets. They both can do the similar things. So I want to see how Bill O'Brien is able to utilize David Johnson in his offense. I also think that if Houston wants to win this game, I think that they need to be able to control um, the clock. They need to be able to control time possession, because I, I know that um, Kansas City can score at will. They basically can score at any time, any place, anywhere. But I think if Houston is able to get like a, you know, a lead late in a full quarter and they're able to go up by like two touchdowns and they're able to run the football and control the clock, I didn't have a good chance winning this game. Because what this game is all about when it comes to being Kansas City is it's all about can you keep them off the field long enough to win the football game? All you need is a couple of turnovers to go your way. You need Patrick Mahomes to make a couple of mistakes. You got to be able to capitalize off those. So this 
Houston Texans defense, you know, they got to keep this tech, this Kansas City Chiefs offense from scoring 30 points. They also have to be able to generate some turnovers because like we saw in that um, divisional game against the Kansas City Chiefs last year when the Texans lost, if you're able to, you know, force Kansas City to turn the football over and you're able to force Patrick Holmes to make some mistakes and you're able to capitalize off those, you got a pretty good shot of winning that game. So, I mean, look, I know Kansas City is able to score at will, but if they're down multiple possessions, the game is in Houston's court. So, I mean, Houston's defense just needs to keep Kansas City from scoring 30 points, and this offense has to be able to keep up with this Kansas City Chiefs offense, which they should be able to do if this offensive line holds up well. And the Kansas City Chiefs don't just have, like, an incredible defense or anything like that. Like, this defense is okay, but it's not incredibly, like, great or anything like that. So, I think that Houston, with the playmakers that they have, they should be able to keep up with this Kansas City Chiefs offense. My thing is just that if you want to beat Kansas City, you have to be able to have some things go your way. If the Houston Texans want to win this game, they got to be able to force turnovers and not turn the football over themselves, not commit a lot of costly penalties. They got to make sure that they limit the amount of, you know, things that's able to keep Kansas City in the game. And ultimately, I think that this defense has to be able to, you know, play well and be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Like, we saw in the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes is human. That first three quarters that he played in the Super Bowl was probably the worst the first three quarters that we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes ever play football in his entire life. But in the fourth quarter, he was able to pick things up because the 49ers pass rush got neutralized and they got gassed. So if you're Houston, you got to be able to have, you know, good performances from J.J. Watt. He has to be able to get in Patrick Mahomes' face. He has to make Patrick Mahomes feel uncomfortable. So, I mean, I'm taking Kansas City to win this game all in all, but I think this game will be fairly close. I think that this game is going to be pretty high scoring. I don't expect nothing less out of both of these two teams. So, I'm going to take Kansas City to win this game. 35-31 to 31 is my final score prediction for this game. Now, this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I will be having some more game previews and game breakdowns coming out shortly make sure you guys are listening to this on apple Podcasts and spotify that you go ahead and give this podcast a five-star review also make sure to go ahead and share with your friends make sure to go follow me on my social media platforms my instagram and my twitter is both jt sports underscore and make sure to subscribe to my youtube channel if you haven't already which is jt sports on youtube and thank you guys for watching